Coming up on today's show, we are covering the latest financial news and break down a recent survey comparing baby boomers' retirement versus Gen X. And now, Wealth Health Radio with Joe Murphy. Hey, welcome in. This is Wealth Health Radio, everyone. My name is consumer advocate Steve Siddall, and with me today, as always, is Joe Murphy. Joe, an investment advisor representative. He is a fiduciary. He is independent. He is part of, he is, in fact, Murphy Wealth Management. And uh, you'll find the website at mwmfinancial.tax. Uh, hey, Joe, what's going on? Well, a little bit of everything, like always here. You know, yeah. busy, 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 but, you know, just trying to take note of all these happenings. And it seems like our world is ever changing, Steve, constantly. It can be difficult to keep up with all the changes and it's all thrown in our face, whether it's media, you know, the news, whatever we're seeing, it all seems to boil down to one constant and that's change. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and you know, a lot of financial news in the last week or so. Uh, Jerome Powell, of course, came out and they announced a, a 25 basis point hike in the interest rate again. And uh, although Chairman Powell is sounding a little bit, a little, op a little more optimistic, I think. The worst yes. outcome for everyone, of course, would be not to deal with inflation now, not get it done. Whatever the short-term social costs of getting inflation under control, the longer-term social costs of failing to do so are greater. The historical record is very, very clear on that. If you go through a period where inflation expectations are not anchored, inflation is volatile, it interferes with people's lives and with economic activity, and, you know, that's that's the thing we really need to avoid and will avoid. We need to avoid, yes. What do you think? I, I would love to avoid. And, and look, you know, the Fed Chair Powell, you know, it, these central banks, they are absolutely walking a tightrope, juggling fire. You know, this is not <laughs> an easy environment. I know we've talked in the past on this show. I this type of situation, whenever you have inflation, inflation is a very stubborn beast. And what is the Fed's primary control is raising interest rates to try and attempt to constrict or cool the economy in an attempt to fight inflation. Unfortunately, with interest rate hikes, Steve, um, you have adverse effects, but they don't happen right away. And I know we all, all traders listen to the, the meeting with, you know, we are writing down everything, listening to every word that comes out of his mouth. And one of the things that I took away from Fed Chair Jerome Powell's speech was he, the, and I quote, he said, the full effect of our tightening has yet to be felt. So I wanted to take a second here, Stephen, just talk to you a little bit about this. And yeah, what does that mean? Listeners. What we've all heard, what are lag effects, you know, from the interest rate hikes? Remember, guys, we have raised rates in this country the fastest in history into the highest debt construct ever. So when I talk about that, what does raising interest rates that quickly mean? It just means that everything is more expensive. I know right now, if you go out and buy a brand new car, the interest rate that you're probably going to pay is what? 7.5 is the average interest rate for, for most cars. So, mm -hmm. you know, these everything is more expensive. A new house right now. Um, so necessities like a car and a house are costing us a lot more because of these rate hikes. And that's what Jerome Powell was talking about was the short-term pain that we as consumers are feeling is worth the long-term effects of bringing down inflation. And the last inflation gauge was very favorable. They've been doing a great job bringing it down, but the full beast has not shown its ugly head yet. And lag effects usually take a, in, into account six to 12 months after the rate hike, September, October, we should really start seeing the result of this tightening and what it can have and the havoc that it can play in our economy. I know also Jerome Powell, Steve, he also said that they're anticipating a soft landing and avoiding recession. Boy, do I hope that's the case. But if we look back at history, that hasn't been the case very often. So I think we can all remain optimistic and we've all seen equities move higher in this environment, which is fantastic. But I don't know if it's going to stay like that. And it's definitely something worth monitoring, especially when we have recent history to point to with these lag effects and how they wreak havoc in our in our economy sure and and so what would what would be an example of something that would happen well jobs you know jobs. right now okay, the, job, right. the the labor market is really strong joblessness is a key indicator of a recession um and obviously you know looking towards that we have a very high demand job market right now so it's been an interesting sidecar 
to this whole economic environment that we are in right now is watching the job market retain its strength. Will that continue to happen? I don't know. But Steve, high interest rates are not good for anyone. They're not good for the federal government. They're paying a high, higher payment on their debt. They're not good for consumers and they sure are not good for businesses. I just saw Yellow, yellow uh, the, oh, driving, the trucking company. Yeah, the trucking company. Thank you. Um, just filed for bankruptcy. We've had nine banks fail year to date. These interest rates do have an effect, especially on businesses. Mm-hmm. Look, when you have a 7% rate on your loan, that's very expensive to a lot of small businesses. They may not price that in. Even large businesses are feeling the pinch right now. So as interest rates continue to climb, it hurts our economy. It constricts everything. And then joblessness is usually the the key. The recession is here and however long it lasts is how long it lasts. But right now we're watching everything like a hawk. And I don't think we've ever been in conditions quite like this in the past. 800-930-5905 is the number, folks. And uh, so Andy Brenner, he is from Nat Alliance. And uh, he was on uh, Fox Business recently and was talking about, of all things, T-bills. Let's listen. I love T-bills at five and a half percent. Look, you can't get a better deal than T-bills right now. I just like accruing five and a half percent for T-bills. So I'm going to stay safe. I've made some good money in equities this year. I'm going to kind of put that aside and I'm going to coordinate into T-bills. All right. So T-bills, is that the answer? I think it can be a component of an answer. Okay. And it's, a, it's a very good one. Treasuries in, in their essence are considered almost nearly risk-free, about as close to risk-free as you can get because they're backed by the full faith of the U.S. US government. So it gives a lot of people peace of mind to invest. But the attraction is what he's talking about. Five and a half percent interest on a treasury is very attractive short term. But I wanted to break down, Steve, really quick, because we do a lot of treasuries right now. Mm-hmm. And there is no risk as long as you hold it through the maturity period. So T-bills is what this gentleman was talking about, are usually held a year or less. They are short term instruments. T notes or treasury notes are held anywhere between two and 10 years. And then anything above that all the way out to 30 years is your T bonds. Definitely don't recommend going out long. And we all heard about the inversion of the rates. And what that means is the two year treasury note is paying more than the 10 year. That is the inversion. It doesn't make much sense that a shorter duration or a shorter maturity would pay a higher interest than a longer one. But that is what's happening right now. And that is usually a key indicator of a recession. That's why everyone you hear about the inversion, that's exactly what it is. So we have to pay attention to it. But that doesn't mean you can't take advantage of these treasuries for yourself. So you have to understand, especially with T-bills, they're shorter maturities. So you can buy on the open market, you can buy, you know, two month maturity all the way up to, you know, a year, and they're paying very attractive interest rates. T-bills are traded a little bit differently. You buy at what's called a discount rate. So if I have a $1,000 T-bill that I'm interested in, my discount rate may be $950. Upon the maturity date, however long that may be, two months, three months, six months, whatever you sign up for on that maturity date, that is when interest is paid. So it is a very safe or considered a very safe investment, but the interest rates or the yield that you make on these things is why people are driving to these as opposed to bank CDs and other types of fixed investments. Um, One quick caveat on this, a lot of people like to go buy Treasury Direct or you can buy it through most of your brokerages. One big difference, if you buy it from the Treasury Direct and you sell prior to maturity, so something comes up, you need money, you could be subjected to interest rate risk. You could actually lose some of your principal if you sell it prior to maturity. But if you buy it from Treasury Direct, they hold that money for a period of 45 days. If you use your advisor that's in your ear right now or any major brokerage, you can sidestep that. So a little hint, if you are interested in treasuries, we are very familiar with them and we can match up a laddered strategy for your excess cash to get you these very attractive rates on these very safe or nearly risk-free investments. I'm a big fan of treasuries right now, especially holding to maturity. But what happens if you do sell early? You're subjected to interest rates. And here's a great example, Steve. Do you remember FTX and Sam Bankman Friedman? I do remember. He's back in the news. He's back in the news. Well, one of the things that got them in trouble was treasuries. And they took the opposite end of the trade that we like to take. And what they did was they bought long-term 
30-year treasuries at 1%. Remember when interest rates were way down at 1%? So they bought these treasuries 30 years at 1%. Unfortunately, all the chaos broke loose in the crypto world and their consumers, their clients at that exchange wanted their cash. So instead of getting a loan, they ended up selling their U.S. treasuries, their 30-year U.S. treasuries prior to maturity at interest rates close to five. They took a 40% hit on their treasury holdings, instant solvency issues. But the other side can have an effect as well. Now we have interest rates at five, five and a half percent. If you're holding your treasury, right? So you're holding your treasury and interest rates go down, you could actually sell prior to maturity and create yourself a profit. So there are ways to do this. And if interest rates go south on us or they or they start heading north against what we're thinking, we simply hold to maturity and get our 5.5, 5.6 for our clients. It's a great strategy for cash and has potential good upside. Is that for everyone? No, but it's just the way treasuries work. So you have to be aware before you enter a U.S. Treasury exactly how they work. And we are happy to educate any of our listeners on U.S. Treasuries and if they can be a benefit in your portfolio. 800-930-5905. And Joe, we are up against the clock. Let's go ahead and invite folks to call and take a quick break. You got it, Steve. And I think most of our listeners know that I'm very passionate about my belief about education and about that our clients and our listeners deserve a confident, independent retirement. That's why I keep a few openings on my calendar each week for our listeners here on AM560 to talk on the phone and get a free consultation or even a second opinion review to help put you on the right path to get you to where you want to be. This consultation will help you determine how prepared your portfolio is to handle risks like inflation, stock market volatility, and the biggie, taxation. You've worked hard for your money and we'll work just as hard to help you grow and preserve it. We often work with folks who have saved over a million dollars for retirement, but if you're focused on building a retirement plan, then let's connect so you can get a fact-based approach and better answers to your financial challenges and objectives. And if you call right now, you're also gonna get that awesome copy of our latest educational resource, The Five Keys to a Successful Retirement. This report is invaluable and a really good add-on. Steve, next 10 callers, give them that magic number and we'll get to work. You got it, Joe. 800-930-5905. It's really why we give you the opportunity to review your individual circumstances, not anyone else's, yours. If you want to take advantage of this, it's a complimentary review. It's 800-930-5905. That's 800-930-5905. Coming up after the break, we cover the true impact inflation can have on your nest egg and offer six straps. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Wealth Health Radio with Joe Murphy. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. And Joe is an investment advisor, representative, independent fiduciary, so much more than that. And uh, you will find him at mwmfinancial.tax, mwmfinancial.tax. Tax. So, Joe, last I, I learned a lot about treasuries in the last segment, especially T bills, and and I mean, you know, you, the breakdown of what the the differences between them that was in, that was very enlightening. Well, I appreciate that, Stephen. Look, it's all about education. You have to know what's out there and how it works before you can determine if you're going to put your hard-earned money into it. And that all boils down to being informed. And unfortunately, when you try and do it yourself and you search on the internet, and if you put treasuries or retirement or whatever you're trying to search for, immediately you are going to be sold to. And the information that you may receive is based on fear, because what? Fear sells. That's why we love to be a source as a fiduciary, very transparent information to help educate our clients so they can come to the best decision based on their needs, their goals, their time horizons. And that's what it boils down to. But again, treasuries could be a fit for some of our clients. Maybe CDs are a better fit. That is what my job is, is to advise our clients on how everything works. And then they get to make the ultimate decision based on the facts. Well, Joe, one of the things we uh, we talked about in the first segment was the Federal Reserve and the interest rate. It's the highest it's been in 22 years. And it, it is having an impact. And we went through some of those things uh, that it can impact in the last segment. 
But let me ask you this, as far as inflation is concerned, and that's the big concern, isn't, isn't there a certain amount of inflation that is just built in? <laughs> yeah. Well, remember, the inflation gauge that we're looking at, obviously, the cost in goods of services year over year. Remember, we had that 9.62. Yes. Remember, it's a very specific basket of goods. I don't know about you, Steve, but when I'm filling up for gas or, you know, we ended up just buying a, a new car, our lease was up. I'm paying more than I can ever remember paying for things. And my cost of living has increased substantially, even though the Fed's inflation gauge is showing inflation has gone down to nearly 3% and their target is two. So to me, it's all about my spendable dollars and how much is being eaten up by the increased cost of whether it's interest rate impacted or whether it's just you know the manufacturer passing on the buck because maybe their loan interest went up and now their prices are rising. We are all feeling the pinch of inflation. And even though the gauge is showing it ebbing or lowering, I'm still paying more. I don't know about you, Steve. How oh, are your gosh, bills yes. like? Are you feeling like you're paying more every month? Every month, yes. Every every month. So sometimes take it with a grain of salt. But inflation, again, is a very stubborn beast. And what the Fed is really trying to do here is give us a little bit of short-term pain for long-term results. Inflation could come roaring back if they just take their foot off the gas and stop raising, uh, raising rates at this point, we could see inflation just explode back up. And that's why they're being very cautious because on the other side of that, Steve, they could obviously over tighten, which means raising interest rates too high, constrict the economy too much. Now we could have that effect. So my analogy of the Fed, you know, just imagine Jerome Powell up there on his tightrope juggling these fire batons. That's what these guys are trying to do. And it's a really, really stubborn beast. And I'm watching it like a hawk, but I would not want to be in their position making these calls. <laughs> oh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> 800-930-5905. So let's talk about inflation. I mean, we've been talking about that. And inflation in retirement, I mean, those on, on fixed incomes, it, it, it hits really hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is inflation in its essence is your dollar is not going as far as it used to. And if you have a 3% inflation rate, that means your dollar is going 3% less concerning that basket of goods and services, not all of it. And that's why we're seeing higher prices in certain segments right now, um, not just the Fed's gauge on inflation or the CPI. So it is, and it can have a tremendous effect on, on retirees because look, you work hard, you save this money, you have your nest egg, and now all of a sudden all your bills are higher. So do you have to draw more of that investment account? Remember, your fixed income through retirement is most likely going to be Social Security. That has a built-in inflation uh, cola. So you actually have a cost of living increase on your Social Security, which is based on inflation rate. So this past year, we had a huge increase, like a 9%. It was one of the largest increases in Social Security payments that I can remember. Oh, yeah. Um, so the Social Security is good, but it's your ancillary investments. That's really where we have to make sure that you have the right vehicle, you have the right investment basket to make sure that you are not getting whacked. You don't want to be in a 30-year bond sitting with an inflationary environment or that interest that you're guaranteed, whether it's one, three, four, five percent, is eroding due to your lack of purchasing power from that impact of inflation. And let's talk about diversification then. Is that was that part of a solution that we can sort of stay on top of it? Absolutely. Look, you want to be diversified. Diversification is the key. It's the cornerstone of any type of retirement plan concerning investments. You have to spread risk. So diversifying your investment, Steve, is, is 101. You have to do it because let's just say you didn't, and maybe you shot the moon with you know five tech stocks this past year, which is absolutely fantastic, but the opposite can happen. And if legislation comes in or there's a bad earnings report, it can completely derail your entire retirement future. So having that diversification in your portfolio actually spreads risk. So if one stock in your portfolio does takes a hit, your whole portfolio isn't going bust. And that's the main thing. There's not only different investments with diversification, there's diversification on the account level, the tax status, where you save your money and where you spend your money from, whether it's a Roth, whether it's an IRA, or whether it's an after-tax brokerage account, that stuff matters. And we want to have choices. Choices come 
come from diversifying. There's a very important window, Steve, from age 60 until retirement, where you can actually shift some of those investments or some of those savings into the right type of tax bucket so you can benefit and take Uncle Sam out of the picture. Everything that we do has balance and everything that we do has the focal point of diversifying and making sure that we don't get caught by one piece of bad news and then our client's future looks completely different. Right. Wow. One of the things that we have to adjust as well in terms of inflation is our budget. And and I know that some people think that's a bad word, but it's a, it's a reality that we have to face. And, and especially in retirement, we need to make sure that our budget is where it needs to be and what it needs to be. I think it's another 101, Steve. Every client that comes in here, that's the one thing that we want to understand is cash flow. And if we see excess expenses, maybe you have, you know, a couple uh, subscriptions that you're not using anymore, or maybe, you, you know, you have a purchase or a payments on something that you don't use anymore. We want to look at that cash flow because spending money while you're working, it doesn't hurt you because you're getting that constant paycheck in, you're getting raises, you know, you have your cost of living, you know what your life costs you, you have some extras, you're enjoying life. When it comes to retirement, it's a different ballgame. It's a transition. You have to be very careful with your dollars because you've lost what? You've lost the ability to earn. You're in a different phase. So you have to be really careful. And budget planning is key. And again, Steve, I've said this on the show before, I have not found one client that we've done a financial or retirement plan for that we weren't able to find one thing that we could save money. So besides the budget, if we're not yet retired and we're over 50, there is an opportunity to uh, impact our budget in a good way by uh, maximizing those contributions. You want to maximize those contributions while you still have the ability to save, especially over age 50, Steve, because you get to put in a little bit extra for your future self. But determining where to put that money, which account, that's where an advisor can come in and show you the tax efficiency, not only now for that contribution, but how it's going to be treated when you actually need to spend that money or leave it as a legacy. It all comes down to planning, Steve, like usual. And uh, one of the other things that we have to consider that can be, uh, you know, a real impact, of course, is taxes. And uh, you devising or developing a tax strategy is important as well. Yeah, it's part of a financial plan. Look, tax efficiency is one of the biggest components because outside of your housing, what's one of the biggest expenses that most Americans are going to face throughout their life and retirement? Taxes. Taxation. <laughs> you got it. So we make it a prime focal point at this firm, and we have an ace in the hole with Amber as a tax code expert. So all of our plans have tax efficiency at the forefront. Steve, you would be shocked at some of the people that come in here in these monster savings. It's wonderful that they saved, but if they would have saved diversified, it would be such a better outcome because we see the lion's share of most people saving in these pre-tax plans. We have to get very creative to create tax efficiency on distribution. Because remember, every dime, when you pull out of these retirement plans, it's taxes ordinary income. So converting some of that to Roth or making sure that you're contributing to the correct accounts won your way up. And remember I was saying that window at age 60, that should be your signal to say, I need to get my affairs in order for for my future spending, tax efficiency will play a huge role in that window and how to prepare yourself to take Uncle Sam and smack his hand right out of that cookie jar. Well, at Murphy Wealth Management, this, as you said, Amber is a, an enrolled tax agent. That helps. And um, so, again, just, just seeking the advice of, a, of an advisor, an independent fiduciary advisor with a lot of experience, that's you, and that's really your firm. Absolutely. Look, as a fiduciary, we're required to be transparent, but, you know, we want to be a benefit to our clients. We want to explain the ins and outs. Why? You know, why are we recommending something like this? I want my clients to understand the why. And obviously, you know, there are do-it-yourselfers out there that do a bang-up job, but there's a lot that goes into this. And unfortunately, if you're trying to do all your research online, you're going to be sold at left and right saying, this is the latest and greatest, and this is the latest and greatest. I'm going to make a, a statement on this radio show. There is no one-size-fits-all retirement strategy. All of us are different. We're different people, different backgrounds, different earned incomes, different goals, time horizons. There is no one size fits all. Wealth Health Radio, Joe, we need to take a break and uh, come back and continue this conversation. This is good stuff.
You got it, buddy. And everybody knows I'm very passionate about finance and I'm also passionate about my clients and our radio listeners here on AM 560. And I believe that all of you deserve a confident, independent retirement. That's why I keep a few openings on my calendar for our listeners to talk on the phone, get a free consultation or even a second opinion review to help put you on the path to get where you want to be. This consultation will help you determine how prepared your portfolio is to handle risks like inflation, stock market volatility, and Uncle Sam. You've worked hard for your money and we'll work just as hard to help you grow and preserve it. We often work with folks with over a million dollars saved for retirement, but if you're focused on building a retirement plan, let's connect so you can get a fact-based approach and better answers to your financial challenges and objectives. And if you call right now, got a special offer going out for everybody, Steve, everyone's going to get our latest educational resource, Five Keys to a Successful Retirement. You don't want to miss this information. Like always, Steve, next 10 callers, give them that number and we'll get to work. 800-930-5905. You heard Joe, 10 callers right now. We'll get that financial review. No cost, no obligation. And you get a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be in retirement. 800-930-5905. 800-930-5905. Coming up next. back on Wealth Health Radio with Joe Murphy. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall, and uh, we've been having a great conversation. Boy, last segment, uh, we went through some stuff where you're talking about, uh, you know, how to manage all of that and things to look out for. Um, this is uh, going to be fun, too, because, uh, well, uh, we've talked about this before, Joe, between now and 2030, 10,000 baby boomers a day are, uh, you know, retiring, and there's really no end in sight there, at least anytime soon. We're going to dig into the Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies 23rd Annual Survey, and uh, this is some stuff. We're going to take Gen X and baby boomers. So Gen X, we were just talking about this, between 65 and 80. Um, And uh, what do you think of this? Only 17% of Gen Xers, Gen X workers, are confident they'll be able to fully retire with a comfortable lifestyle. That's not shocking to me at all. Um, it's the savings level. It's look, you know, in this country, the way that marketing has evolved and branding has evolved, it's in our face, not only on billboards anymore, but every time we open up our phones, every time we log into the computer, we are being marketed to. It's hard to keep that money in your pocket and have a long-term vision at that age. You want to get the instant gratification. And unfortunately, a lot of my fellow generation as a Gen Xer um, have succumbed to that without having the discipline of savings. And Again, Steve, I really wish they would teach at the core curriculum some basic finance classes for people to understand the benefits of long-term saving for retirement. I think it would probably be a, an awesome class to take for high school kids and just really get a feel before they go out in the big world how money works, how the stock market works, how savings work, compounding interest. We teach the basics, but we really don't apply it until maybe you take some classes in college or you get out there and you make a mistake and you realize, oops, I probably shouldn't have done that. We don't don't realize the time value of money until it's not in our pocket anymore. And then we look back and say, wow, if I would have invested that money, $2,000, you know, 35 years ago, I'd be sitting on a nice little nest egg had I invested in XYZ stock or just diversified. So the discipline comes with experience and the Gen Xers are trying to get there, but not quite to the savings level of the baby boomers. And that's really uh, the best saving generation ever is the boomers. And 2024, Steve, is the biggest migration from work to retirement. That's the magic year where the most amount of baby boomers are going to be exiting, going into that retirement phase. So it's going to be a bump in year. But for the Gen Xers, they need to save, 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 all of us included. We need to take a note from all those baby boomers out there. Well, here's another uh, stat from the the survey. Eight in 10 uh, Gen Xers are concerned that Social Security won't be for them, won't be there for them when they are ready to retire. Uh, Again, we've heard it many times. We've heard it over the years. We've heard it. We've heard this ad nauseum. Yes, (laughs) I would say that's fair. (laughs) Yeah, the the threat. 
Um, and it is a threat. But again, it's one of those third rails of politics. You know, the unfunded obligations, Medicare, Social Security, Medicaid. Um, you don't want to be a politician and touch it with a 10-foot pole because if what you legislate fails, guess where you're going down in history? But we need to address it. Social Security is one of the most valuable sources of income for a lot of people that walk through our doors. We want to make sure that that income, because it's a lifetime payer, when you elect matters, but you know you're going to be receiving money for the rest of your life. We need it. We need them to address this immediately. And I think a couple shows ago, we went through just some basic things that our government can do to try and patch the holes. Are they going to do it? I'm sure it'll probably be a last minute thing, but you know, we're planning on a 10, 20% reduction in social security benefits. Hopefully that doesn't come to pass, but I'd always rather be prepared than be like, oops, we didn't plan for that. That's not the case that you want to, you want to, be in not planning for something and then see your income drastically cut by 20 percent because legislation didn't come in time wow yeah well again 800-930-5905 that's the number folks make that call today uh so let's talk baby boomers uh, they sure. were from 46 to 64 uh in their late 50s to 70s and uh, you know they are here's a couple of numbers for you 41 percent of baby boomer workers expect Social Security to be their primary source of income, 41%. That that doesn't surprise me. I, I would almost gear up a little bit on that from okay. what we see. And I think, look, it's again, you know, you, you, you pay into it, you expect it to be out there. And maybe some of the baby boomers coming up might have given to the kids and, you know, derailed a little bit of their retirement savings. So Social Security magnifies and becomes that much more important. But that number, Steve, that doesn't surprise me at all. Sure. Well, I mean, so when you think about Gen Xers, then, I mean, some of them are in their late 50s. I mean, it's time for Gen X to start planning for retirement as well. Are you seeing a trend that way? Yeah. You know what? We have seen an influx of, of younger people. Um, it's just getting them to that point with time being an issue. Because the younger that you start this stuff, Steve, the better off you're going to be. I'm sure there's some listeners out there that started way young and they're sitting on these awesome savings accounts or investment accounts because they started at the right time. Playing catch up with investments and savings causes you to take excess risk. Time kind of negates that because you have the time to go up and down and up and down. And the overall trend has been up in the US stock market throughout its history. But if you're running on time horizon, you're like, I have to make it all up a lot of these people are going to end up taking excessive risks, enter cryptocurrencies, enter some of the latest and greatest fads like the NFTs, you know, the get rich quick stuff really has an appeal for people that are under time constraints when it comes to saving for a future where they might not be working and depending on those savings. Yeah. That's what we try and head off at the past, Steve, is show people a magic number that they can put in saving that'll give them a realistic retirement target as opposed to taking excess risk and having it all fall apart and have nothing. It's so tempting, though, you know, if, if you feel like you haven't saved enough and, and you're getting closer, it, it does. It, you do have a compunction to, you know, let it ride, take some risk. Yeah. It's human nature. Yeah. Look, I mean, we're all we're all built, you know, the same way we see we see things, you know, all of us make different decisions. But, you know, the, the main thing with risk and time, when you start getting nervous or you start getting scared and fear enters the equation, you might make rash decisions. And that's why, like you said, having a partner, a fiduciary partner throughout this allows you to bounce things off someone and say, hey, Joe, if I do this, what would happen? That's that relationship that we always talk about on this show, Steve. It is important to make sure you don't make a decision thinking you're doing good for yourself or hitting a grand slam or home run when realistically, you just got struck out. Not the situation that we want for our retirement savers, nor our retirement, nor our retirees. That's why it's really important that we have a relationship with our clients so we can help avoid those future rash decisions by putting together a solid plan so they know where they're at today, know where they're going to be at five years down the road, 10 years down the road, as long as they maintain those target savings. That to me, Steve, realistic is a much better way to go. I completely agree. Uh, now, when it comes to baby boomers, almost half, 49% uh, expect to work past 70 or do not plan to retire. And of that number, 83% said the reason their plan for continuing to work was financial related. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are choosing, it, you know, there, there's people that choose to go back to work by choice, yeah, you know, right. and 
there's a preparation, there's a psychological transition when it comes to retirement. And you know, that downtime may not be for everyone because you're filling your own time. Um, so going back to work can give a sense of purpose, but financially, some people have to, they can't make it work. Maybe their budget is out of whack for the, the income that they can generate off their investments. Or if they do retire and start taking excess money, then they could run out of their asset that they've say worked so hard to save. So I get it. You know, a lot of people are choosing to work. The longer that you work, the less years that you actually have to plan for income. So it can be a huge benefit to cut it down from say, you know, a 25 year plan to maybe an 18 year plan that helps us plan. So working is not necessarily a bad thing. And hopefully people are out there doing it because they want to, not because they have to, but if you're in the have to bucket and you need to, it makes much more sense to earn while you are still healthy enough to do it, as opposed to waiting until it's too late. Cause Steve snap of a finger, everything can be different. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this is an interesting one to me. 11% of both Gen X and baby boomers based their estimate in other words, how much they need to retire on the amount given them by a financial advisor. 11%, that's it? That's it. 89% so, didn't? Wow. Yeah. I mean, but that's a lot of guesswork. You know, all right, I have my million dollars saved. I know that I'm good to go, right? Yeah. And maybe all that money's sitting in IRA. And you don't understand quite how that may be taxed on the downside. Well, a financial advisor is going to tell you, look, 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, you know, they reverted, uh, they, they cut back those tax brackets. But after 2026, that could all change. We could all be paying more in taxes. And if you have an IRA and you're taking distributions out of there to make your life run, you could be paying much higher taxes than you anticipated. There's so much that goes into it. Consulting a financial advisor or a fiduciary investment advisor will help make sure that you've covered all your bases. So you're not sitting there 23 hours a day researching if this, then that. We have the software, we have the experience, we get to go through it three or four times a day sometimes. Mm -hmm. That experience is why people hire us. Sure. Well, all right, one final stat for you, sure. Joe. 56% uh, of Gen Xers, 47% of baby boomers agree with this statement. I prefer not to think about or concern myself with retirement investing until I get closer <laughs> to my retirement date. Well, again, that's pretty much, uh, you know, defines procrastination. It's not happening. Exactly. <laughs> Stick your head in the sand and you yep. know what? I'll deal with it when it comes. You know, avoidance is created by fear. And, you know, we, we do avoid the things that we don't want to address. And if we're behind, you know, avoiding it further isn't going to make it better. Um, and I wouldn't plan on any government, I don't care who's running it, coming to our rescue to say, oh, you know what? You didn't know or you didn't save or you had this issue you have to do it. We need people to pick up that phone. That's where we can begin that path to get you where you want to be. And why don't we invite some right now? So we've been talking and most of our listeners know by now, I'm very passionate about my belief and about finance in general and helping people to where they want to be. You guys deserve a confident, independent retirement. And that's why I always keep a few openings on my calendar each week for listeners to call, talk, get a free consultation. I want to hear you. I want to hear what your concerns are. We can also give a second opinion review to help put you on the path to get you where you want to be. This consultation will help you determine how prepared your portfolio is to handle risks like inflation, stock market volatility, taxation, and other threats. You've worked hard for your money and we'll work just as hard to help you grow and preserve it. We often work with folks who've saved over a million dollars for retirement, but if you're focused on building a retirement plan, then let's connect so you can get a fact-based approach and better answers to your financial challenges and your objectives. And if you call right now, this is a very special offer. You're going to get a copy of our latest educational resource, Five Keys to a Successful Retirement chock full of awesome information that you can reference whenever you want, day or night. Steve, as always, next 10 callers, give them that magic number and we'll get to work. 800-930-5905. You heard Joe, 10 callers right now. 800-930-5905. Again, 800-930-5905. Up next, my favorite part of the show, and we've got questions. We 
are back on Wealth Health Radio with Joe Murphy. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall, and we have had a great show today. And covering the the grounds, boy, the the uh, that Transamerica survey of baby boomers <laughs> and Gen Xers, pretty interesting. It's eye opening, isn't it? It really you is. Know, the difference in savings le- levels from just the you know generation to generation, and and it's the the way that you know life has changed. You know, yeah. it's completely different. But you know, we can all take a, a lesson from the baby boomers and the discipline. Um, of saving. And that's where we need to get back to is saving for our future self instead of spending for our now self. And that's really that transition that it's going to take some time. But, you know, waiting till the last minute is not a recipe for success. It's a recipe for it's up in the air and it becomes someone else's decision. I like to take control. That's why we like to focus on stuff now. So time can actually impact all our decisions going forward. I like that, folks. So give give uh, Joe a call. It's 800-930-5905. And uh, all right, we'll jump into some of these questions. Sure. Um, Martha's up first. Martha says, how do I determine how much to withhold on my monthly Social Security income? This will be the first year that I receive benefits, and they'll be starting in September. Oh, Martha, awesome question. Um, So to determine, number one, you want form, and this is the IRS form that you want to do withholdings from your Social Security. So quick pen here, Martha, W-4V. That is your Social Security withholdings tax form. So in there, you have some options that are preset um, by Social Security. You can do a federal income tax withholding of 7 percent, 10, 12, or 22 percent. So those are your options federally. Um, And it's a real easy form to complete. You just want to get it in there. How do you determine how much to withhold? It all depends on your other sources of income, what your realized tax rate is. This is something that we can help you generate and help you uh, help you gauge. It's going to be different for everyone, obviously. So we don't want to give a general answer. Yeah, you should withhold 10 percent or 12 percent. It all depends on your income. And remember how Social Security is taxed. There is a formula. Only 50% of your Social Security is going to be um, in that formula, so you don't need to tack it all on there. And based on your overall income, whether you're single or married filing jointly, there are income thresholds to determine how much of your Social Security is going to be taxed. Confused yet? It's either it's either 50 or 85%. That is something that we customly plan for our clients, Martha. Since you wrote into the show here, I will happily help you out. Give us a call and we'll make it all right. And and again, I find that question really interesting because I think a lot of folks don't think that it's taxed at all, but it is, but it's only that whole, you know, uh, way to figure the income is is a confusing thing and, and really could use some help. Oh, absolutely. There is, of course, a convoluted formula. It's once you know it, it's not it's not anything crazy, right. but you do need to know it yeah. um, because a lot of people, like you said, they come in here. Well, my Social Security benefits aren't taxed. Well, yes, they are, yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're making, you know, sixty thousand yeah. dollars. You're paying eighty five percent on the taxable portion of your Social Security. So it is a big deal. It's something you want to plan for. But again, how Uncle Sam can just slide in without you even knowing it. And now all of a sudden you're paying even more to the government. So it pays to plan, guys. Make sure that you're looking at this stuff before you elect Social Security. These are things you want to head off at the pass and make sure that you have adequate withholdings. We like to zero out our clients, Steve. That's a big thing. I don't want our clients owing Uncle Sam, and I don't want them floating on our clients' money. That's so the, that's the joy of, of paying taxes or, or doing taxes, if you can achieve <laughs> that goal. Yeah, exactly. The zero is the hero yeah. in this case, Steve, for sure. But it's a game. You know, tax code's constantly changing. Legislation is coming. There's revisions, you know, usually twice a year. So we have a lot of changes, but we're up to speed with those. And that's almost impossible for someone that, you know, is working a full-time job, looking at all this in the beginning saying, all right, now I have to figure this out. There's a formula. No, thanks. It's all squiggles in Greek to me, but this is where we come into play. Sure. We're going to break it down in plain English and make sure that you are not paying more to Uncle Sam than you absolutely need to. Just from a tax standpoint, is it and again, it's going to depend on the situation. Is it better to to have the have Social Security take those taxes out or do it on the backside? I think it all depends. Okay. It all depends. We have clients that use the form. Um, we also have clients that we're just doing a general taxation and we're doing withholdings on other accounts or, you know, their income is is low enough that it's really not going to have a dramatic impact. So it's all customized, Steve. It just depends on the client, their other sources of income, how much is being taxed and the most efficient way to get those withholdings done. Uh-huh. So th- our clients aren't cutting a check to Uncle Sam. 
every April. I hate that. That, oh, that yeah. upsets me when that happens. And that's like just it. not planning. That's all that is. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Frank has a question. He says, I have money in certificates of deposit, uh, and I'm charged fees for withdrawing from these accounts. I want my money to be able to grow in an account, but I also want to be able to withdraw it from, without any fees if needed. What kind of other accounts can I invest my money into? Great question, Frank. And this is a biggie right now. With interest rates this high, people are looking for places to park their cash. Um, traditional bank CDs are going to have some pros and some cons. Uh, maybe local right next to you. You've been banking with them for 30 years, but maybe they charge you know, a, a withdrawal prior to maturity, loss of interest, or even a penalty. Uh, most CDs are considered a liquid during that maturity. Um, the ones that we have over here, we have short maturity CDs, which I really like because they can ladder strategy which means I'm not locking my client into to a long-term uh, maturity date, like a one-year or a three-year CD, because we think interest rates are probably going to move up from here. The Fed has megaphoned it. So why lock in to these rates when we know they're going higher? So going into staggered maturity, like 30, 60, 90 days, allows our clients to have constant liquid access to cash and subjected to the best or exposed to the best interest rate or the highest interest rate possible. They don't have any fees, at least on ours. I can't speak for the bank, Frank, that you're dealing with, but we don't have any fees. We don't charge any advisory fees. Our clients get the pure rate, but I like to use a strategy. It's called a laddered strategy where I stagger different maturities to make sure my clients always have liquidity and exposed to the highest interest rate possible. Fair enough, Frank. Uh, give us a call, 800-930-5905. Uh, Marie has a question. She says, I'm 65 years old. I have 1.5 million from divorce proceedings. What concepts can I use to guide the allocation of my assets in my portfolio? We'll just call Joe. <laughs> yes, Marie, it's all going to depend on a lot of different things that we would go through with you. But here's the big thing for divorce people. Um, with this type of settlement and possibly creating income off it, if that's the goal of this, is this qualified money? Is this an IRA or is this after-tax money? That's the biggie that we want to establish first. But also, Marie, we want to do some tax planning for you because in very short order, you're going to go from married filing jointly to a single taxpayer. So your tax thresholds just basically got cut. We have to be very careful income planning if you need this. As for management, it's all going to depend on your time horizon, which means how long until you actually need to touch this money? That's a biggie. The longer that we have time horizon, the riskier we can get as long as your risk appetite fits. So there's a blend. It's a magic number that is different for each and every client that walks through these doors. We don't do any one size fits all here. There's no cookie cutter. Your plan, your asset allocation is going to be designed just for you, Marie. That's the advantage of using a fiduciary. Okay, sure. 800-930-5905, Marie. Let's see. we got time for more here. Let's go to Ken. Sure. Ken says, I'm inheriting approximately $47,000 from the sale of my deceased mother's home. Should I invest all of it or invest half of it and use the other half to pay off the balance of my mortgage, which is approximately $25,000 at 4.5% interest? Ken, okay. So we have an uh, inheritance of $47,000. We got a step up, which is great. Um, should you invest all of it or invest half of it? You're kind of at that middle mark, that 4.5%. We know Fed funds rate sitting at 52555. Um, so it's, I would probably end up depending on your other situation. This is just, if we're just looking at this down a quarter with no other, or in a bubble with no other impact, I would probably say, you know, let's pay half of it down. I think that's a good idea. Get rid of that interest. Then it's minimal. You can make payments on it. Th that four and a half is right at that range where you could go either way. And I could, I could justify it both ways. It's going to depend on your other investments, your other holdings, your income needs, those are going to be things that are going to come into play, whether we make a long-term decision to get this debt out of here or leverage that money into something that can pay higher. You have a high risk tolerance, you know, we can put it into stocks, but there's no guarantee. And right now CDs are paying about five and a half, treasuries are paying five and a half, 5.6. Um, so, you know, you're looking at a one point difference. Would you rather hold that debt or would you rather get it done? That's the main thing. So it's all going to be dependent on you, how you want to do and how your other stuff fits in, Ken. But we'll happily go through the options with you, discuss them, make sense of them. And then the ultimate decision is yours. All right.
time. Well, let's see. we got time for one more. Let's go to Leonard. Uh, Leonard says, I'm 71 years old and on Medicare. I don't have a health savings account. Now, my wife is 63 years old and not on Medicare, but she has an HSA where she contributes $3,550 per year. Now, if she contributes the $6,650 for the family, can I draw upon that for my medical expenses? Leonard, you can. So <clears throat> the IRS states that your spouse can use her HSA money for herself, her spouse, any dependents claimed on her tax return. Um, that is the biggie. So yes, you absolutely can use that. Easy peasy. HSAs are one of my favorite accounts, Steve. We talk uh, ad nauseum on this show sure. about how awesome they are. Yeah. And if you have a high deductible plan, I think 2023, it's 1500 bucks. Um, you can get one of these valuable accounts and it is tax-free, tax-free, tax-free. So you use it on qualified medical expenses, tax-free distribution. Um, I love the HSAs, especially now that we can use investments to really grow these things. Quite the sidecar to have all your medical buffer, future medical, sitting in an account, growing in the ability to withdraw tax-free. It is an incredible sidecar to buffer yourself from, remember that Fidelity study, Steve, yes. that we had? Yeah. The average couple spending 300,000. Yes. You know, if you have a, a large enough HSA balance, we would almost say, you know what, you've just self-insured. Um, but what a wonderful opportunity to create more tax-free. That HSA is fantastic. And yes, uh, you guys can all use it. All right. Well, Joe, on that note, let's call it a show and uh, invite folks to call one last time today. You got it. And we're going to do the next 10 callers again, guys. And we've talked, you know, what we really do for our clients and especially for our listeners here on AM560. This is your opportunity to let us know what your concerns are. You know, are you scared about the market? You're happy about the market. A lot of people are happy. We're ripping right now. Um, but is that going to continue? What's going on with the Fed? What's going on with interest rates? These are conversations that we have with our clients to make sure that my ears to the ground and we're communicating what's going on with our clients. It's very important to us to stay on that same page. This is your opportunity to let me know your concerns, have that free consultation. You're also going to get that awesome publication, the five keys to a successful retirement. Next 10 callers, Steve, let's give them that number and I will get to work. 800-930-5905. That's why we give you the opportunity to review your individual circumstances. Again, no cost, no obligation. You want to take advantage of this complimentary review, then call us 800-930-5905, 800-930-5905. Joe, as always, one of my favorite hours of the week right here. It goes by so fast and I love the information. Yeah, isn't summer just ripping by, Steve? Oh, I always yeah. look forward to talking to you every week, my guy, but it is going quick. Oof. Soon we're going to be September back to school, football Content of this radio show is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any type of securities. Joe Murphy, MWM Advisory Group, and Murphy Wealth Management are not responsible for the consequences of any decisions or actions taken as a result of the information provided in this radio show and do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information provided. The information discussed today reflects the views of Joe Murphy and his guests as the date of this show and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any forward-looking statements or forecasts are based on the assumptions and actual results may vary from such statements or forecasts. No reliance should be placed on any statements or forecasts when making any investment decision. Accordingly, listeners should not rely solely on the information provided today in making any investment decision. There is a risk of loss from investing in securities, including the risk of loss of principal. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will be profitable or suitable for a particular investor's financial situation or risk tolerance. Asset allocation and portfolio diversification cannot assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. 